Welcome back to a Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge, and we're going to get right into it. We got so much to talk about, and as my man Rob Babers loves to say, we don't have a lot of time. Our man Aaron Rodgers decided to come out of his cave. I don't know if we're going to have six more weeks of winter or what, but we'll talk about it. The Dallas Cowboys always pick the best player that's available, but did they get it right all the time when they did that? We also got the flex. We got high school basketball, and we have high school baseball to talk about. We got a special guest in the house, and we'll get to that, and we're going to get his thoughts on the town hall because he's got a lot to talk about. We got new Addition to the Hall of Fame, New Jersey retirement. Kirk Dressendorfer is going to be with us in the Hard Knocks life. And could Lamar Jackson sit out an entire season? We'll get into all of that and much, much more, but let's get right into it. He's the man behind the glass, and he is the man that always takes care of us and gives us all our themes for the week. He is one, Patrick Davis. What's happening, PD? Oh, you know, just another day in paradise, Harge. That's what we call it, right? That's what it's all <laughs> supposed to be. My man does, he's one of the hardest working people in this building, if not the hardest working member of the ARN family. Uh, our man Rob Babers is out today. He had a speaking engagement that he needed to attend today. And what I did was brought y'all a very special guest. That's right. You've heard him on this Airways before. He's a good friend of mine. He has been around to ball, don't lie, a couple of times. And uh, if you've been a fan of his work, you can follow him at horns247.com. Go to horns247.com. You can also follow him at chipbrown247. He also has a Heisman vote, so we'll probably get into that conversation one time as well. He's the one and only Chip Brown. Chip, how you doing, C. Breeze? What's going on? Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. I appreciate you stepping in for my man Rod Beasy today. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, y'all are my boys. <laughs> yeah. You got us both into the business. That's right. That's for sure. You're part of my tree. I like that. You're like uh, the coaching carousel, the coaching tree of one Bill Walsh. You're the coaching tree of one Tom Landry. And now we got the coaching tree. Of my man, Chip Yeah, Brown. you know, I got to come back in, check in on you, see how you're doing. <laughs> Make sure we're going in the right direction. I appreciate that. So, Chip, we'll get into your conversation with Chris Del Conte that you had on the flagship, but also your thoughts on the town hall. We'll do that at the top of the 4 o'clock. But this is somebody you and I have had many of conversations about. A man, Aaron Rodgers, or should I say Puxatani Field, that came out to let us know if we got six more weeks of uh, – winter uh chip he went on this little retreat again and this is one of the things that kind of cracks me up is Aaron Rodgers is the only person that we always have a conversation about what he's doing off the football field right he's always that introspective thinker and he's trying to let you know how smart he is every offseason we do this song and dance with him as are you going to play or are you not going to play? What is he thinking? Is he going to just walk away from the game? Is he going to request a trade? Is he going to fi- sign his extension? There are so many things that we talk about with Aaron Rodgers that has nothing to do with football, but yet and still he keeps us coming back to him. So he comes back off of this four-night retreat that he does, and I looked at the, the pictures of the place that he was at, 
Didn't look that bad, man. Didn't look like he was in a real bad spot. Looked like he was just on a vacation with family and friends, and he decides that I just really want to, you know, chill out for a little bit. But now he's out. He comes out. What are your thoughts of my man Aaron Rodgers and where his uh, mind always seems to go? I want to know what he's getting from uh, from from Pat McAfee to only the, do his, his show. Yeah, I know, right? right? That, that, that's, that's, that's definitely uh, helped Pat McAfee along his way as well. Like every week during the NFL season, if you want to know what Aaron Rodgers is thinking, you got to go to <laughs> – Pat the, McAfee. The Pat McAfee show yeah. to find out what he's thinking. Right. I think that's where he talked about going into this Yes, it is. Darkness. That's where he said. Four straight days. And that's when we, uh, what was the drug that he was hallucinating with, Pat? Ayahuasca. Yeah, that's where we found out that he was taking that as well on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, I mean this is an interesting thought because that obviously that's the relationship. Tom Brady had his weekly thing in, in, in New England where he was on that show every single week, and now he was doing the most recent one on his podcast with Larry Fitzgerald and what's the writer's name? Jim Jim Gray. Jim Gray. Yeah, Jim Gray, the one who asked Pete Rose the question during the World Series and everybody wanted not wanted to beat him up during that time. Well, even Brady on his last yeah, podcast before he retired was like, I'll bleep and bleep when I'm bleeping, bleeping ready. <laughs> Like, wait a minute, this is your guy, this is your podcast. <laughs> exactly. You're still annoyed by Jim Gray. So you sit here and you look at this Aaron Rodgers story, and two things always comes to mind with when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. He's very aloof, but he's so articulate and very intelligent with it. But he also is always leaving other people hanging when it comes to his future. Not only his future, the organization's future. He pretty much holds them hostage to where anything he wants to do, they have to wait around for him. And it's very unfair because isn't he the one that is always critical of the wide receivers early in the season, but yet he doesn't spend any offseason time with them where all these other quarterbacks, you you were telling me uh, a few years ago about when Tom Brady took shoulder pads and a helmet on his vacation and then had all his wide receivers show up where he was, and they worked out. He never does that. Right. I've never heard of Aaron Rodgers calling his wide receiver core and saying, hey, guys, congratulations, you signed. Meet me in California on this date, and we'll go through all our, our route tree. Never. You know where he is? He's in legacy prison. Very He's in much legacy so. prison. Very well, much so. Well, I mean, it's it happens when coaches get to a certain point where it's about their wins and trying to get like right now Belichick's what eighteen right. wins away from, from right. Shula for the all time wins in NFL coaching history, and you get to a point where you've won something and you've kind of got the fan base and. You don't feel like you have to do every little thing right. that it takes to win. That's why I respect Brady so much. Because Brady, right up until the time he retired, was trying to always get on the same page right. with everybody. Doing that extra. Working out with guys. New Showing receivers. leadership. Taking time away from whatever you know personal life he has left. But um, to... to to get over with the team, to mm-hmm. make sure that they were winning. Whereas 
Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you and I know from having John Brown exactly on uh, on our radio shows in the past. He's the father of Equinemius St. Brown and Amon Ra St. Brown. Well, when Equinemius was in Green Bay, right? He said Rodgers wouldn't give him the time of day. Wouldn't even talk to him. This is a six six receiver, <laughs> exactly. Who's you know ended up going to Chicago and starting. So I, I don't. You know, Rogers is a is an interesting cat, and, and when he had when he had uh, Don uh, uh, Adams, yep, yep, Devontae yep. Adams, Devontae Adams, yeah, that was good enough for him. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll but complain the whole time. Yeah, I mean, oh, they're not getting me more weapons. They're not. I'm like, you got the number one wide receiver in the NFL. And then it looked like he was kind of developing something with uh, Aaron Jones, Watson, and, number and, yeah, no, uh, number nine. Christian Watson. Christian Watson. Yes. And you're like, okay, all right, you know, here we go. But it just, you know, it reminds me of Brett Favre. It, it's, it's too much, and it's ironic that you say that about Brett Favre because now there's rumors that everybody is waiting to figure out if he's going to go to the New York Jets. Right. So you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself. Who loves me more? Right. Who loves me more? Where you've been at a place where they've given you everything. Yeah, you just signed us an extension. There's someone in that front office that he doesn't like. And but it, it's but and it, it, I, just, I, it could be possible. And that very well could be true. But there's probably more people that don't like him. Yeah. Well, he's risk, he's risking <laughs> yeah, that. Right. He's risking that. Because right. they haven't won. Exactly. He won the one Super Bowl. And then he commented the other day and said that I'll probably win another MVP. He never mentioned a Super Bowl. He never mentioned the Super Bowl. And that, to me, tells you everything you need to know about Aaron Rodgers. And we knew this before. Remember, he fell in the draft, and he was all pissed off in the back, and then he had to sit behind Brett Favre, and then he finally got his opportunity and, you know, wins the Super Bowl, wins MVP, all this great stuff. But he still is ending up to where it's like, all I care about is me. I don't show up for the younger guys. I don't try to lead them. I don't try to show them the ropes. But you know who has been working out with those guys? Davis Love. I mean, he's out there throwing the football with them and and spending those time running those routes, which is great for him. Jordan which, Love? Jordan Love, Davis Love. I'm thinking of the golfer. As soon as I said it, I was like, that's the golfer, Davis <laughs> Love. But – Jordan Love is out there forging that relationship, and everybody says he's gotten better. He's gotten better. He's gotten better each year. He's put the time in. That is why I sit there and I say, come on, man. Why is it that we all have to sit and wait on you, pins and needles? You know what? Maybe he needs a change of scenery. Maybe he needs to go somewhere where he doesn't have everyone sort of at his beck and call, where he's got to hustle and develop. Right. And develop relationships in that locker room and prove himself Correct. again. I mean, you got that young nucleus in New York. You got, you know, Garrett Wilson. Right. You got, you got you know, Brees Hall who's Brees coming Hall. back from that injury. Yes. But, but we Corey know Davis. if they, if anybody pushed him at this point, he's going to retire. Like he'll just walk away. <laughs> right. He so has there, there is well, no, then, like you've gotten to the point with Aaron Rodgers because like, and there's always a phrase I always use with a lot of things in life is don't feed the cats. It's like you can't – if someone is always going to come to you for something and you enable it, 
they're always going to come back for it. Yeah. And Green Bay enabled Darren Rodgers for years and years to act like this because they were like, well, he's winning, he's getting MVPs, he's getting us to the playoffs, so we're going to have to let him act like this because he's, you know, you can't yeah. find another quarterback like this, so we'll let him do it. And then he just kept pushing the boundaries. And then the cat starts pooping on the bed, and you're like, well, you know, we've let the cat in. It's like we can't <laughs> let him out. He'll die out there. So then the cat starts pooping, and then he starts – he bites your other cat, and you're like, oh, man, we, he bit our other cat. He's pooping on the bed. Maybe we should get rid of him. You can't give that cat to another family. Yeah. Or he's going to keep pooping on the bed. Yeah, because well, he's already Aaron got Rogers that bed. Aaron Rodgers got it, and so there's one thing. You either put him out the pasture or you, you treat him that way. So any team that's looking at him now, where the Jets can look at him because they've had a hell of a time trying to find someone to play quarterback for him, yeah. you can, but you need to go into it going, hey, who uh, – you need to walk in and going, hey, this is kind of like Russell Wilson situation. We have the team and we have a quarterback, and we need to be the conduit in between the two. We do not, we cannot expect him to be a different guy because we know what he is. He has never shown us that he has any intention to be anything else. So if we need a guy and go, here's the play, Aaron, run out there in the field and do it. Yeah, I don't even know. You don't need that's that's four. Don't learn <laughs> yeah. his name. He's four. Yeah. That, then awesome. Go after that guy. But if that's not what you want, we know what he is. He's not changing. Yep. He, that, I mean, he goes on Pat McAfee's show because he knows Pat McAfee is the one who he can go, I'm going in a darkness retreat, and they go, oh, what's that? And not, what? Dude, really? <laughs> exactly. He knows. So he's Again. like, I don't want to go get questioned. I mean, there's a guy who continually says that he hates everything, wants to be serious, and then dressed up as Nick Cage from Con Air in the first day. <laughs> like, you don't get to be both guys, Aaron. You have set your path. You are this guy now. Right. We all know who you are, but you can't be cool guy on day one of school. I like that. I like that. Nick I say, Cage. I say, throw him into New York. You know, I think so too. I want to see what he's got left in terms of trying to bridge a gap with players and winning. You know, instead of just being the diva in Green Bay, right? But he, you know, you see there at the end, he's like, I just he walks off with Randall Cobb, and they have their moment, and it's like, ah. Oh. I just want to keep my jersey because this one might be special. Like, come on, man. What are we doing, Aaron? Like, it just gets to the point now where it's it, it's frustrating because everybody wants to talk about winning and losing, right? But everybody wants to criticize. Let's, I'm, I'm going to use Dak because everybody knows I'm a Dak fan. You know that. And I sit here and I go, the problem Dak. with Dak is everybody saying he's not winning games, right? He doesn't win in the playoff games. Well, since the Super Bowl, neither has Aaron. Aaron's never gotten back to that point to where every single year he's always talking to everybody to relax, right? Then he works his way back up and they slide in, but he doesn't win the first round. He doesn't win the second round. And he's getting an MVP, so it's okay. But the criticism should always be, yeah, but. But you can't because he got a Super Bowl. And he still has that. That little area of success where everybody's like, ah, he's that's what he's going to rest on. He got that Super Bowl. So we shouldn't bother him. To your point, Patrick, we're, we're letting him poop on the bed and just saying, ah, it's just who he is. We can make it around him because he's going to give us that hope and that chance. Well, it doesn't seem to be the same anymore. It's like he doesn't care. That's why he always can tell us, just wait until we get to the end. The way it's set up for us right now is we're going to be here, here, and here, and we're going to be playing for a chance to get into the playoffs. And if we get in there, oh, 
You it's better like, watch out because my Lions are coming for them. Exactly. Your Lions have arrived. They went into Green Bay. and uh, Micah said it's different. And beat them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, Micah did say that. But, yeah, the, they, it, you look at it and you say, okay, now Detroit is trying to make this move, and is that something that he's looking at as well and saying, huh, maybe things have changed a little bit, and maybe I do need to go try something else because this isn't working for me anymore. Okay, that's fine too, but – let us know who you are, Aaron. I mean, we know who you are, but quit having these people wait around for you and holding your your organization hostage the entire time. Because that's what we're seeing the entire time now. It's like, uh, we'll see what happens next year. Well, I, I don't know. They may want to move on for me. Oh, woe is me. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all, and I think this is something that he's created for himself, and that's what people are looking at. Uh, another thing that people are looking at is the uh, FanDuel has released early odds on and point spreads for the Texas football, and it has Alabama and Oklahoma odds that are there. Right now, going into week two, Texas is, will be at Alabama September the 9th, and Alabama is an eight-point favorite. And then the Red River Shootout, October the 7th, Texas is a minus is a four-point favorite in this game. Chip, what do you think when you see these early season lines for Texas to be an eight-point dog on the road with as much as they have returning on that football team? That's pretty – I think that's too high. Well, that that's what Texas fans are hoping and no, – That's what Vegas is hoping. And thinking. <laughs> I mean, this is a big year for Texas football. It just is. Right. Because – It's a huge year. It's the last year – in the Big 12, before they go to the SEC, the momentum of the recruiting that's happened. They're going to be picked to win the Big 12, and they need to win the Big 12. They sure as hell need to be in that Big 12 title game. 100%. Because they should have been in that last year. Correct. And the coaches kind of got in the way of that. Should have kept running the football against Oklahoma State. You'd have won that game. You'd have been in the in the Big 12 title game. Right. Um, if you win that game, because you went on the road and beat K-State in the best game you played all year. Right. And, oh, by the way, Bijan Robinson ran it 32 times for 209 yards in that game, and that's the biggest question mark about the Longhorns going into this year. How do they replace that running production? Who's the guy? Is it Jonathan Brooks? Is it C.J. Baxter? Is it, you know, Keelan Robinson or Jaden Blue? But... I mean, my personal feeling is it's going to be Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter. That, that's going to be your, yes. your one-two punch. I don't, think, I don't think Keelan Robinson, and this is just my opinion, I don't think he's that type of back. I think the way that they've been using him is the way he deserves to be used. I just think you need to get it to him more in those types of plays. But I, I don't see him as an eye back. I don't see him somebody that you can just pound the football right. with. You need a and closer. You need somebody that's going to get the ball and at the end of games finish the game for you. Well, and then when you have a closer who's a guy who's proven to you that he can finish <laughs> a game, you need to keep using him in that role. Correct. Because, I mean, how often do you get a back like that who punishes defense to where they don't want any more right. in the fourth quarter? Texas has had him, Earl Campbell, Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, and you had another one in Bijan Robinson, and you got another one now in C.J. Baxter. Right, and I, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Brooks. And Jonathan Brooks, Brooks. Yeah. and let's go. Yep. I mean, that's the 
that was sort of the million dollar question and and now you know what I'm hearing behind the scenes is okay we got all these receivers now we're loaded at receiver now the offense is going to operate the way Sarkeesian likes it to operate. He needs more than one receiver to be able to take the top off the defense. The more, the better. When he was at Bama, he had Multiple you know, Jerry players. Judy and, and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and Henry Ruggs, four guys who can take yeah. the top off the defense, and they set records. And Devontae Smith won the Heisman. Okay, well, now you got all these, you know, you got Xavier Worthy and Isaiah Nayer and A.D. Mitchell and yep. Jontae Cook and Brendan Thompson, you got speed guys all over the place, DeAndre Moore. And this now, apparently, yeah. is is going to be the year that the offense looks the way Sarkeesian has wanted it to look since he got here. And that that eliminates your excuses. Right. And last year, it was the offense that held Texas back. The defense came through. I mean, it was up and down. I mean, in that Oklahoma State game, it was up and down. But they gave you a knockout third quarter, yep. and came up with a big interception right before halftime, Ryan Watts. Big-time player. And so now, okay, the excuses go away. The offense needs to to wreak havoc. you got a quarterback who should be taking the next step in his progression. Mm-hmm. All these receivers, the first team all Big 12 tight end. you got your offensive line back. It's time. Yeah. It's, it's time. It's way past that time. It's, it's and, time. And, and when you look at what uh, – those going back to that line of of minus a, Alabama's replacing a lot as well, especially defensively. And then you look at what Texas was able to do here, playing with the backup quarterback uh, in Hudson Card, and keeping the game that close. And you're a call away and a sack away from defeating that team in, on your home field. I see eight point. I can see five and a half. I can see a six, but an eight point spread right. this far out. With a bunch of unknowns, because what we for saw Oklahoma, from Jalen I mean, from uh, Alabama, what we saw from Jalen Milrow last year was was not great. It was up and down. It was up and down. Yeah, he he did a lot with his legs. Mm-hmm. To, you know, he didn't get through his progressions. He would take off running. He's a big, strong kid. He looks good running the football. But do you remember uh, this was the guy that I told you I wanted to stay at Texas before he flipped oh, yeah. to Alabama? Oh yeah, we were like, I was telling you, I was like, this dude's got to come here. Oh yeah, he's got to come here. But and, and and now he's going to be the one. Yep. You know, I mean, we think. Who knows? But you yeah, got new Bill OC, O'Brien. new Bill OC, O'Brien, new DC, right. new OC, new DC over there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you don't know. I mean, you figure if they're going to put Milrow, they'll build the offense a bit a bit more around his skill set because that was one of the problems. Is he came in and they were trying to have him do what Bryce Young did, and which you can't do that. I mean, we saw in that Texas game, Bryce Young without Bryce Young doing what he can do, Texas wins that game because oh, for sure. There was too many plays that were Houdini. broken down, and he made second efforts to get plays. So, it, I mean, we don't even know. This Alabama team could look very different offensively next season. And until we see at least one game, and I mean, I am not. I don't know who their week one opponent is. I'm sure it's a nobody. But it's until we see a little bit of it, it's hard to go, oh, no, they're going to be the dominant powerhouse that they weren't even this year. Right. With a, with a Bryce Young. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, that eight-point line is just begging Texas fans to – Pour money in on it, yeah. Right now, that's exactly why I think the line is they'll, looking like yeah. that. It'll, they'll it'll let the Texas fans bet dictate. it down, yes, to seven. Yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent because that was something that I was like, okay, they know that Texas fans drink the Kool Aid right away, 
And so they were like, oh, we'll get all this money to pour in, especially. That's why FanDuel put it out. I haven't seen it anywhere else. I just saw it on FanDuel. I haven't seen any other lines anywhere else. So when you start looking at it and you're saying, they know exactly because they want the market to balance itself out so they don't get the hit. Oh, yeah. They're going to win their money one way or another. They're still building buildings out there because they know their fan bases and who's going to jump at it and who's not. Because if I – if I were to have to put money on it, I would have jumped all over that as well immediately. I mean, because that number is so big. Homer Hart. You, uh, hey, you know what it is. I mean, <laughs> you know come what on. it is. Hey, we'll, we'll continue this conversation. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys. That's right. My man Chip Brown used to cover the Dallas Cowboys, and he knows about their draft history. So we will get into that. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Harge. Got my man Chip Brown sitting in for Rob Babers, who had a prior engagement that Hello. he needed to take care of. And, of course, my man Patrick Davis behind the glass. So I'm trying to figure out the new theme. Who is this, Patrick? This is the birds. Oh. The birds. Old school, baby. Is this Dallas Town? Is that what that said? That's it did say Dallas Town. Okay. All right, I don't know the theme just yet, but uh, give me a couple more chances. I'll try to figure that out. This wasn't on the hard record player This was in Colleen? No, this was not what my mom was spinning while we were cleaning the house. Not at all. Okay, all I right. promise you that. Uh, since you did say Dallas Town, and that's what we were going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Chip Brown was a former beat writer for the Dallas Cowboys, and you were there with what you called the Lenny and Squiggy years. Mm, Dave Campo, baby. Of following the Dallas Cowboys. And we'll get into uh, one of your one of my favorite stories that you share. As a matter of fact, I want you to share it now. You wrote an article about Jerry Jones and I guess his appearance one time. And uh, Jerry had to give you a conversation Man, a little bit. I, I, was doing a, I was doing a salary cap story and I needed to talk to Jerry. And Rich Dalrymple was the PR guy for the Cowboys at the time, no longer. Um, and he's like, he, we're, we're having our golf tournament. He's got Mac McClarty out here. Mac McClarty was like Bill Clinton's chief of staff, Arkansas guy. Arkansas guy, yep. And he's like, I might be able to get you five minutes. And I get out there, and Jerry looks totally different. And I called our photographer. I was with the Dallas Morning News at the time. I was like, you got to get out here. You got to get a picture of Jerry. He looks totally different. I don't know what's going on. And sure enough, when I get in to talk to him, I'm like, Jerry, how much weight have you lost? He's like, 51 pounds. 
uh, not eating at night, smaller plates, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I mean, sometimes when you lose that much weight, you know, you might have a little nip tuck to kind of collect the baggy skin. And he's like, well, uh, I'd never say, uh, but I reserve the right. <laughs> and that was it. I, my lead was Jerry Jones has lost it, 51 pounds. You know, whether he's had a little nip tuck, he's not saying. And it, I thought it would be just a note in the sports section. It ran on the front page of the Dallas Morning News <laughs> above the fold. And I show up to training camp the next day, and Rich Dalrymple's like, you asked for the salary cap story, and this is how you do me? You and I are, I'm so mad. I'm like, is Jerry mad? He's like, I don't know, but I'm. I can't imagine. You said you're doing a salary cap story, and this is how you treat me? I'm so bleep, bleep, bleep. And we go into the press conference, and Jerry's giving his State of the Union, and he keeps looking at me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. Is there a red dot on my forehead? And then he finishes the press conference, and he walks up to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to strangle me right here in front of everybody. And he's like, Chip, I, uh, I just want to thank you. For your sensitivity. <laughs> Thank you. And he walked away. And I saw Stephen Jones as as I was leaving. I go, I go, is Jerry mad? He's like, no, he's not mad. He's like, you did him a favor. You wrote about it. Now no one's ever going to ask him about it again. It's over. Like, nice. If you know, and I'm like, okay, all right, good. We're yeah. good. We're yeah. good. Yeah. So I told Rich Dalrymple that, and he's like, ah. ah. So did you and Rich become y'all squashing and became friends again? I mean, Rich wasn't. Looking out for anybody but (laughs) Rich. That's exactly right. Well, somebody else that is looking out for the Dallas Cowboys is their draft staff. As you sit here and you start looking at the Dallas Cowboys and looking at the history of the Dallas Cowboys, their motto is, who's ever at the top of the board is who we're going to stay with, right? Whatever, we're going to get the best player available. But at times, the best player that we think is available is not what they think is available because they have their own board. Just like last year when I lost my mind when they took Tyler Smith. It was the wrong Tyler for me. But it ended up, the guy ended up playing great. Uh, I have a newfound respect. Chip, you know a lot about that because I used to lose my mind with Leighton Vander Esch. When the Cowboys took Wolfman, Leighton Vander Esch, I was not happy about You were him. furious. But he ended up. And then you were wearing his jersey, practically. <laughs> we went to we, a Cowboys Saints game and Hard just like, Leighton, can I get a picture? Hey, come Layton. on, Layton. Let me get that. It was Vander coming Esch. through the Bud Light or whatever that tunnel, Miller Light tunnel. And Hard's exactly. like, hey, trying to get a picture, you know, <laughs> selfie with him. I'm trying like, to make sure. I, I, I was like, hey, man, I got to eat a little crow here. I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong. And I was wrong about Leighton Vander Esch. Well, how are you feeling about Tyler Smith? I loved him. Okay. At first, I didn't. I was, right. That was not the Tyler. I was looking for the offensive lineman. I mean, the uh, center from Iowa. Because you know them Iowa guys, they always seem to work out. They, they understand line play. My man had a bunch of penalties when he was coming out of oh, Tulsa. Yeah. A lot of holding. And the Cowboys were the most penalized team in the NFL. So now you're adding gasoline to the fire. So I was not happy about it, but he ended up proving me wrong. But throughout the years, if you start looking at some of the draft picks that the Dallas Cowboys did take, you would say, all right, let's see. Cowboys at ninth pick, 
in 2011, they drafted Tyron Smith, which turned out to be one of the best players in in the Cowboys' history at the left tackle, and he's gone through a bunch of injuries, but he's played well throughout his career. In 2012, you would look at, all right, the Cowboys had the sixth pick in the draft, and you thought Mo Clay, Maurice Claiborne, was go- I mean, excuse me, Morris Claiborne was going to be the best defensive back the Cowboys could get. He ended up not playing well at all. So that is another uh, position that you sit there and say, okay, who was the best available guy? It couldn't have been him. Then you look at the 31st pick in 2013. You went and got Travis uh, Frederick. Beautiful pick. He's Beautiful. been outstanding for the Cowboys until he had to deal with that injury. Uh, you start looking at it. You could have had Kenny Vaccaro at one point. You could have had – he ended up going 15th to New Orleans. You had Jonathan Cooper at the 18th pick. Cowboys had traded back to get that pick. So then you start looking again and say 2014. They went and got Zach Martin. Zach Martin turned out to be one of the best players out there. But on when you drafted Martin – in 2014, you weren't thinking about some of the other players that were on the same board with them. Anthony Barr, Aaron Donald, Ryan Shazier, and, of course, Zach Martin. It ended up working out for all of those players involved, and you probably wouldn't have went wrong anywhere. But if you could have had Aaron Donald in the fold for a long time, oof, that's a game They got changer. Demarcus Lawrence in the second round that year. Exactly. So that was a different time. So you start looking around, you say, okay. What could have been a better pick? In 2015, the Cowboys picked Byron Jones. Byron Jones was a person that, if you would have looked at it from the very beginning, he wasn't he the cornerback from yeah. Connecticut? Tall, fast. Yeah. And he ended up walking, but they may get him back, by the way. There's a possibility of the Cowboys bringing him back in because he's going to be a cap casualty for the Miami Dolphins. So that'll be something to pay attention to. Then in 2016, the fourth overall pick, you picked up Zeke. Zeke was probably the best player on the board in his first couple of years. He was all of that. Now at the back end of this contract, and you and I were doing radio together when I said, I can't believe he jumped the line. He jumped the line and messed up the entire salary cap for everybody that was involved. And now that's why people are looking at it and saying, oh, this was a bad signing for them. And it may, I mean, he may work it out and they might have to defer something and and change some money in the uh, bonuses. But still, that was the right pick at that time, I thought. And he's had a great career for him. This is where it got bad, 2017. I will say it was the right pick at the time, but they could have drafted Derrick Henry in the second round and picked someone else there. Just just in retrospect, people did not think Derrick Henry was going to be Derrick Henry, but he was available as their second round pick. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks and they took Jalen Smith. They, they took, took Jalen Smith. Smith. So That's they right. could have had them there and then picked somebody else in the first round. Well, I'm glad they didn't pick Jalen Smith in the first round. Like they I could have picked up Jalen Ramsey there or somebody else instead of Zeke. And that's what everybody was going for. Everybody thought that the Cowboys were going to pick Jalen Ramsey at that position. Uh, the next year, this is where everybody lost their mind when they took Taco Charlton. Ugh. Ended up being, I could have told him that. Yeah, you was you you were being a Michigan fan, Michigan man. You were sitting there saying that is the worst pick. Yeah, he's not twitchy. Yeah, he wasn't quick enough coming twitchy. off the ball. That's right, that's right. And then here's my pick, 2018, Leighton Vander Esch. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I, I mean, he's he's done well for me. That was the other part of it. I'm okay with it. Uh, 2019, they didn't have a pick. 
2020, C.D. Lamb, do you think he was the third receiver off the board? And I think the reason why he ended up getting picked at that time was because all the wide receivers were coming off the board. So you kind of didn't want to miss out on that round of wide receivers because they were all being taken so high. They were hoping that a Justin Jefferson would have been able to fall to them, but it ended up not happening. Micah Parsons in 2021. And you got Trayvon Diggs in the second round. And you got Trayvon in the second. Trayvon, I mean Trayvon Diggs. Micah Parsons at number 12, steal of the draft. That was a steal. He could have, other teams could have come up and, and gotten him. Uh, or he could have been picked before that because I originally thought they were going to take one of the cornerbacks at that time, either J.C. Horn or, or Patrick Sertain. I was a big fan of Patrick Sertain. He ended up going to the Denver Broncos. Micah Parsons ended up being the pick. So uh, I think everybody's good with that one. And then last year, You know what Tyler made Smith. Micah Parsons even better? Dan Quinn as his defensive coordinator. That's the best part about it all. He's changed the entire defense of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's not forget how terrible they were before he got there. And then he got him in the middle of the pack. And then he got him at the top of the pack. That's why everybody's excited that he's coming back as opposed to him taking another job. Cowboy fans are rejoicing. See that the coach in waiting? I think that's what Jerry told him. That's why yeah. he got rid I mean, of everybody else. If that defense else. stays good and Mike McCarthy doesn't improve the offense this year when he's calling plays, then I think that's the easiest choice to hire. Not, no doubt about it. You are 100% correct with that, and that's how I felt about it. And we've talked about this through this time. I, I, I ended up getting Kellen Moore off the radar. I wanted him gone. It's just they, their relationship got stale, and Rod always brings this up. They were peers and quarterback roommates in the quarterback room. Then he became his quarterback's coach, and then he became his offensive coordinator. It's the most unique situation you could ever be a part of and I think they plateaued at their relationship because Kellen is good early he's not good late in the play calling part of it and maybe it's Dak audible and out of it we've heard that conversation before we've seen it happen in other places but you still want to sit here and go hold on man we got to make sure that this is getting better and not the same because they started staying at the same level. Yes, the offense was great and they were putting up big numbers, but when it got to the playoffs where all the teams are really good, they never evolved. So that was one of the biggest uh, disappointments, and I'm glad that they made the switch. And Mike McCarthy, this is it, bro. This is your one shot. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you talking about it. You've been doing great. Cowboys made the playoffs, back-to-back 12 12- 12 winning seasons, that's outstanding. But now it's for you to get over that plateau, and it is also for Dak Prescott to get to the NFC Championship game. I want to see the Cowboys drafting a quarterback every year. And we've been talking about that, and that's something that it they haven't done. crazy. I've yes. said they've drafted tight ends the way they should have been drafting <laughs> quarterbacks. Every year they take a tight end when 100%. they should be taking a quarterback and develop your next guy. No doubt. That way you're not ever being held hostage you know, you take you take a guy like CeeDee Lamb so you don't have to pay Amari Cooper all that money and no then doubt. just throw him away. You know, you, you keep drafting the next. Yes. The next. You have to. You have and to that's what drives drafting. me crazy. And that's what has been driving all of the Cowboy fans crazy is the fact that they're, Jerry, I don't want him having any threats right. behind him. It's he like, did, why? He did it with Romo, too, to the point where, you know, Romo's, 
a 30-plus quarterback with back issues, and he's getting a $90 million contract with $50 million guaranteed. Exactly. And you're like, this is the worst contract in the history of football. <laughs> and it's all because Jarrah doesn't want competition for his quarterback. Which is utterly ridiculous when you think about it. And I swear, it goes back to the Aikman... Um, uh, Walsh. Walsh thing. Yep. Yep. That, you know... Supplemental it got, it got tense, and Troy didn't... You know, Troy didn't like, and Jared was like, uh, I don't want to go through that again. <laughs> well, don't want that. He needs to definitely do it. And maybe that's why they're having so many conversations about these upcoming quarterbacks in this draft. This is the most I've ever heard the Cowboys talk about it. But after what we just talked about, by picking what's best on your board, the best available player, if a quarterback is there at that number, do you take that chance? They won't do it in the first round, and they no. shouldn't do it in the first right, round. They need to go get a secondary player. They need to go get a linebacker, another linebacker, and possibly a corner. That's what they need to go do. And and there's plenty of guys out there, but you know what the Cowboys will do. They'll get an offensive or defensive lineman. That's just the way they roll. And then they'll pick a tight end in the second round. <laughs> when we get back, we'll we'll be doing the flex. We got some high school basketball and high school baseball. I got a chance to go watch some games earlier th- th- today. And we'll talk about it and all that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Is this Howard the Duck? I mean, it's, it's like, not, not a movie. <laughs> not a movie. That's Prince, baby. I'm trying to think of what this is. This is off the Controversy album. Ronnie Talk to Russia. It's a song about Ronald Reagan talking to See, Russia. See, you're getting the help from Chip right now. I know. He's giving me all the help. Is it, a, it's not, it can't be a political thing, could huh? it be? Yeah, oh, yeah. That Controversy album was Well, I mean, this, yeah, this political. song is. I'm talking about what's happening. I mean, kind of, but not, I mean... Okay, we'll get into it, but maybe by 4 o'clock I'll know exactly what it is. The best song on this album, though, is called Private Joy. Just Google it, Spotify, whatever. Private Joy. Private Joy, okay. From the Controversy album. It's the best best song on that album. Okay. My man Chip, by the way, I actually told the story yesterday about how we were in Atlanta, and I'm flipping through the TV and the Prince documentary's on, and you go, man... Don't be calling me right now. Herb Brooks is call. Herb Brooks is having his speech because he was you was watching a miracle uh, on ice, and yesterday was What's, the anniversary yeah. of it, and that's why I brought it up. I said Chip is the biggest Prince nut that I know, but he wouldn't even turn it to watch the Prince documentary because he was right in the middle of Herb Brooks. Herb speech. Brooks, baby. <laughs> Kirk uh, Russell was Kurt Russell. To, Kirk Russell was giving his speech. That's my other piece of advice for today. Find Prince Private Joy, and if you have not seen Miracle, oh, make sure you run, go check it out. don't walk. 
<laughs> All right, Patrick, I'm going to get this. He's, he's giving me some clues. I'm going to keep working on that. But we are, right now is where we talk about Flex. Make sure you go to FlexATX.com. That's FlexATX.com. And right now they have up all the information for the basketball playoffs as we continue to head into these other rounds. San Marcos will be playing Westlake at Bowie tomorrow night, 730. San Marcos 35-3, and Westlake is uh, 31-4. and Buta Johnson will take on New Braunfels tomorrow night as well. Round Rock will be playing San Antonio Reagan. Stony Point will be playing Cipolo Steel. And uh, Harker Heights will be taking on Horn. You know, Harker Heights, is, in case y'all didn't know, is in the 254. Just want to make sure that y'all two, know five, that. Five. Rouse will be taking on Bracken, Brackenridge in the 5A uh, by district. Uh, Leander, oh, excuse me, Bernie Champion will be taking on Harlandale. We keep going down. Glenn Loss, LBJ, and uh, Eastview will continue to play. Eastview will take on AM Consolidated. Hendrickson versus my alma mater. Uh, Ellison will be playing in Liberty Hill, 730. Fly, Eagles, fly. That's right, baby. Fly, Eagles, fly. And Connolly will be taking on Belton uh, this Friday as well. Also, the Round Rock Classic, or excuse me, Round Rock Raising Canes Classic is going on right now. Georgetown will play Corpus Christi Carroll. And Heath today, Round Rock will play Arlington and Friendship. McNeil will play Lubbock, Monterey, and San Angelo. Cedar Ridge will play Amarillo and Midway. Cedar Park will play uh, Lubbock Cooper in the Woodlands. And Stony Point will play Allen. All started uh, today. Go out to all the ballparks. If there's a high school field near you, make sure you stop by. I know um, Westlake has started today as well. They're the number two ranked team in the nation, I mean, in the state this year in 6A. So Westlake has continued to uh, do it in all facets of athletics over there. And if you're not following them, make sure you follow them now. That's why you come to Flex ATX and make sure you follow all these kids. FlexATX.com. When we come back, I want to talk to my man Chip Brown. I want to get his thoughts on the town hall meeting and his conversation his one-on-one with Chris Del Conte. And then he wrote an article this morning in his Morning Brew that I want him to touch on. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.